Um, for those of you that were here last week, we, we started a very short mini-series uh, for just the first couple of weeks here. Um, and so we're going to continue that today. We're going to finish up that, um, that series uh, because next week and then going into February, we're going to be moving into something a little bit different. Um, and just again, so you know, some of you weren't here last week, so I want to kind of clue you in. The 28th, which is this following Sunday, is a very, very important Sunday for our church. Uh, what we're going to be doing is, um, I've been praying for, for literally years um, as far as what God, when God brought me to a place and God said, okay, Aaron, uh, there you go, uh, what the mission of that place would be. I'm a very firm believer that, that a church has to have something to aim for because if they don't, you'll never know if you're hitting it. Uh, and so we have something that, that I feel very strongly that God has laid on my heart that is going to be the mission of Broomfield. It is going to be something that we strive for. It's going to be something that we focus on. It's going to be something that, quite honestly, you will hear so much, you will get sick of it. And I'm going to be thrilled to death that that's going to happen to you. Because I want it pounded in. I want it to be something that is in our, literally in our DNA. Okay? And so when people walk through these doors, they're going to have no doubt that that's who we are and what we're about. So we're going to be unveiling that next week. It's a very important week that you're here. Uh, please be here that week so that we can move forward um, and so that we know where we're going. And then in February, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking uh, pretty much the whole month of February to go through some um, con convictions or, or culture ideas as far as things that are going to fall under that mission, things that, that we want people to, to understand, that we value, things that we say are important about this place, and that way we have a, a clear direction moving forward. Um, so for the next couple of weeks, that's where we're going to be. And I just want you to know that so that you can be aware of that. If for some reason you can't be here, um, please really remember that uh, the website has the, the message. It usually gets put up, I believe, on Tuesday. So if you're not able to be here, that's cool. Um, but there is opportunities for you to hear those things because I think it's really important as we move forward that we all know where we're at, we're all on the same page, and we all have a, an understanding of where God wants us to move. Now, just so you know, so I can kind of build this this in, we are not going to unveil everything and every little thing that we're going to be doing over the next five years. Uh, what we are going to do is give you some basic framework about what is going to be important to us. As far as what God decides to do with that is going to be up to him and when God reveals that. There's some things obviously now that we may or may not talk about but that we are going to do that, that God has laid on my heart. But as far as coming and you're going to go, hey, how, what, what are we going to do, you know, March 2022? I'm going to look at you and smile and say, I have no idea. But I will promise you this, it will fit under this umbrella. It will fit under this idea that basically, because here's what we'll do, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you now so you understand. Okay? Part of the reason why you do this is so that you know what to say yes to, and so you know what to say no to. There may be some amazing, great, awesome ideas that I'm going to look at you and say, that is awesome, and we're not going to do it. Because if we try to do everything and we don't do the things that God has called this place to do, then we're not going to do them effectively. I want to do less, better. Does that make sense? Because I really do believe God has called us to a specific thing, to a specific area. And, and again, next week, it'll seem broad. It will. It'll seem broad. You'll go, wow, there's a lot that we can do under that. Yes, because that's the way it's supposed to be. And then we'll, we'll, as we break it down over February, you'll start to see some other things. So um, just so you know, that's what's coming up, and I wanted you to know that, okay? So I'm very excited about it. I'm excited about what God has in store for us, and I'm excited about sharing all those things with you. So that is basically next week. 
uh, and the month of February. We're going to, like I said, finish our, our, our mini-series um, on, on Joshua this morning. And the title of the message is Assurances Down by the River, Week 2. Uh, obviously, we're in Joshua 1. Last week, we went through 1, five, or one through 5. This week, we're going to start basically and go verses 6 through 9. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up. Or if you don't, they're up on the screen or your phone or whatever you use. So we're going to be in Joshua 1, starting with verse number 6. And it says this, Be strong and courageous. This is God speaking to Joshua. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continuously. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, we love you and we need you right now. Father, I pray that, God, that you would help as I share your words, Father, for for my words to cease and your words to come. Father, I pray that there would just be clarity. Father, I pray that there would be the Spirit moving through this service, speaking to hearts, touching hearts, changing lives. Because, God, that's what we need. That's what we want. That's what we desire. So, Father, we pray that you would just open our hearts to your word. And, Father, I pray that you would just help me. Father, because I can't do this without you, and I don't want to. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Like we talked about last week, I kind of like to, when I look at Bible characters, I kind of like to knock the the, the stone away. And what I mean by that is this. In history, we kind of tend to do this with people. We we tend to, whether they're they're historical figures or biblical figures, we kind of turn them into statues. We kind of forget that they were alive and they were normal and they were people and they were dealing with emotion stuff. It's like we don't want to think about that. We just want to see, kind of give us the facts. And I kind of like, I like the facts, but I also want the stuff that maybe we don't think about. And so here is a situation where Joshua has been following Moses. Moses would have been a very hard act to follow. Okay? You start thinking about all the stuff Moses was able to do through God. He leads the children of Israel out of bondage, out of Egypt. He is being chased by the Egyptian army. They are scared to death they're going to be killed. God says, hey, raise your staff up. He raises it, the Red Sea parts. And you walk through, not on soggy ground, but completely dry ground. And you're going, and I'm supposed to follow this guy? I'm supposed to be the guy that follows this guy? The guy that, that basically, even at Jesus' time, they're talking about Moses and going, oh, Moses. Now, let's be honest. i got to believe that Joshua was sitting there going, <laughs> I don't know about this. I mean, those are things that Joshua must have been feeling. He must have been experiencing. He's with people. Okay, let's be honest. You think people are just going to sit there and go, oh yeah, Joshua's awesome. Joshua's great. Joshua, no. You know people are going to go, you know, Moses would have done that. You know, Joshua doesn't lead. His staff is not as nice as Moses' staff. He doesn't speak as well. He doesn't do this as well. You remember when Moses came down from the mountain and he was glowing? Joshua never came down from the mountain. He was never glowing. 
I mean, come on. People are people. Yeah, maybe, maybe hundreds and thousands of years have passed, but we're still people. You know Joshua heard this stuff. You know this stuff was going on. And so he's sitting there, and he's going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And then starting last week, we kind of started talking in, in verse number one. Basically, God says, my servant Moses is dead. Now you. And so basically, in this passage of Scripture, God has shown up, and he's beginning to assure Joshua about some very important things. Because he's got a very important job to do. And as we move forward, where I feel like we are at as a church, and even as individuals, is we're kind of like where Joshua is. We're kind of sitting there, and we're, we're by a river, we're by the River Jordan, and we're looking over, and we see the promised land, but we're not there yet. And let's be honest, there, there's some, some safety and some complacency that, that is kind of nice over here on the side of the river. Remember, they've been there for 40 years. It's not the promised land. It's not where God has for them. But it's kind of comfortable. It's kind of nice. You know what's interesting? There's no big major battles in the wilderness. But to go into the promised land, they have to go and seize it. They have to take it. There's going to be battles that are going to be fought. There's going to have to be even, guys, defeats that take place before they're able to really grab a hold of what God has for them. And so God shows up and says, listen, this is not the place that I have for you. There is a promised land that you need to go take. And I want to assure you that some things are going to happen as we go in. So we covered a couple of those last week. We're in a couple, uh, four here this morning as we kind of finish this up, moving into next week in our mission Sunday kind of situation. So let's start with this. God assures Joshua, number one, first by giving him encouragement. He gives him encouragement. Look at Joshua 1, verse number 6. It says, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Come on, let's be honest. Don't we love it when somebody gives us encouragement? Doesn't that feel good? Somebody comes up and goes, man, you did that well. Or boy, that was awesome. Or girl, boy, that was really, really cool. One of the things I love to do for my son, and I need to do it more and more and more and more, is encourage him. Is to tell him that I'm proud of him. To tell him that I know he can do it. Because you know what we tend to do as human beings? We tend to go to the level of pain and then stop. We tend to go to when it's slightly uncomfortable, and then we hit the brakes. And sometimes when we do that, we spiritualize it. Isn't that awesome? We say, oh, well, you know, I don't know if God really wants me to go through this because I'm just blah, 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 blah. No. Sometimes pain is a part of the plan. Sometimes it's going to be hard. And when that happens, God loves to encourage us. He loves, now he does that through his word. Sometimes he'll do that through that, that still small voice in our hearts. Sometimes, I love this, it's when we get to encourage each other. When God is speaking to us and we do that. Listen, let me tell you something. When God is speaking and he says, go to somebody and tell them they did a good job. Or go to somebody and tell them that they matter to you. Please do me a favor, do that. Because you don't know how that can matter to somebody. You don't know where they are, where really what they need more than anything is just a hug and somebody to say, hey, you matter to me. And God is a perfect father. God is a good father. And God loves to encourage his kids. He loves it. 
He loves to be able to put his arms around and say, listen, you can do this. You can make this. You, with my help, can do anything. We have his word that does this all the time. Through me, you can do all things. That's an encouragement. That's not God saying, you know what? With me, you know, you're, you're going to be okay. You're going to be all things are possible. Not some things. All things. All things. God loves to encourage us. And here, basically, that's what he's doing to Joshua. He's giving him encouragement. He's saying, listen, listen, you are the one. You are the one. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. God has called you to do something. And it may be something great in your mind. It may be something small in your mind. But God has called you. God could have called anybody. And he chose you. In his infinite knowledge, in his infinite wisdom, in his infinite knowing everything, God said you. What an encouragement. What's something to look at that and go, yeah, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I don't always going to do this right. Yeah, I might mess up and fail. But at the same time, God chose me. Listen, please hear my heart on this. I am definitely all for humility. That is a wonderful thing you should be. But you know what I found? Sometimes we allow, we're so humble that we forget who we are. We get so humble that we forget that we have been called. We get so humble that we forget that God has pointed us and said, you, and you know what? In his authority, we can stand up and say, yeah, I am going to do this. Yeah, we are going to go over to that river. We are going to take that land, not because of me, but because God has chosen me and God's going to use me. I don't want people walking around with heads so big that they can't get through the door. But at the same time, I don't want them so small that you can barely see them. Listen, you've been chosen. You have a part to play. And here's the thing. I remember when I was a kid, I saw a play. And I think it was, I think it was and I don't remember this because my brain's not working as well as it used to. I think it was the, 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 the greatest Christmas pageant ever. Do you remember that old thing? Remember that? Okay, and I basically, I think, I think maybe that maybe something else, but they make this comment: there are no small parts, or there are no small parts, just small actors. You know, in God's story, in God's play, there are there are no small parts. There are no small parts. There may be small actors, but there are no small parts. And this needs to encourage you. This needs to be, you know, I think, I think we kind of walk around kind of like, mm, God's going to use me. God's going to use me, but just barely. No. No. God wants to use you in a major league way. God desires your part to play. Listen, listen, here's, here's what you need to understand. And this is just bottom line brass tacks. This is just where it is. If we are going to become... Who God wants us to be as a church, we need all of you to do your part. Every single one of you. Without you, this will not be what God truly wants it to be. Do you get that? Do you understand that? 
And you say, well, but, 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 but I'm just greeting, or I'm just doing this, or, or, or I'm just, you know. I mean, first of all, I, I should have said this earlier, and I, I forgot, and I'm going to say it now because it fits, and God just works this way. And I don't know who else did this, and so if you did this, you need to come talk to me after service and let me know so I can thank you personally. But when I got here, the, the front part of this was shoveled, and as far as I know, that was Alan Shank and Gordon. Thank you. Thank you for serving us this morning. I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you for being open to be used by God. I just shoveled the driveway. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your help. And if someone else helped with that, you need to come see me and I will thank you personally. Please do that after service because I appreciate it. That matters, guys. And it is cool that God uses us in those ways. Be encouraged because God wants to encourage you. God wants to encourage us because there are going to be times in this journey where we're going to get tired and we're going to get upset and it's going to be hard. And there are going to be moments where we're going to want to pull our hair out. And in those moments, we need to know that God has chosen us and he did that to encourage us. Next, God assures Joshua by giving him instructions. Giving him instructions. Look at Joshua 1, 7b and verse number 8. It says this. It says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continuous, continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Now, you may be one of those crazy people that can look at a pile of wood... And be able to figure out how to make it into, I don't know, a desk or a chair. I am not one of those people. I need instructions. I like instructions. Sometimes my wife and I will be doing this, and, and she is more this way than I am. She can kind of look at stuff and kind of be like, oh, well, we could do this or we could do that. And I'm kind of like, just give me the instructions. And so she'll start and she'll go, well, what do you think about this? And I'll say, let's, I got an idea. I got an idea. She'll go, what? Let's get the instructions. You know what? I like Ikea. But you know what I don't like about Ikea? They have the worst instructions ever. It's a bunch of pictures. And you would go, Aaron, that should be right up your alley. You know, and you would think so. But the pictures are drawn in like Sweden or something. So they're really confusing. <laughs> they're not American pictures. You get what I'm saying? And some of you know what I'm talking about because it comes and you're like, you get, you, know, what, you get a box about yay big. And it's that, that, literally that big. And somebody says, oh, really? What did you buy? And you're like, oh, you know, I got this box. And so really what you buy? You say, oh, you know, like a, like a three-piece so, uh, well, sofa set, you know. And it comes in a box that big. And so you get it home and you open it up and it's like, here's how you put it together. And, and the only picture I can really understand is the picture where it's basically two people and it's, you know, it says like one person trying to lift it and there's a big circle with a line through it. It basically says no, more than one person. And so what do I do? I pick it up, you know. I like instructions. I like that God has given us instructions. You don't know where to, to go. Read the instruction manual. You don't know what to do. Read the instruction manual. You don't know how God sees you and how much God loves you. Read the instructions. Know what it says. Listen, part of this understanding as we move forward is understanding the fact that if we want to succeed and be a prosper in everything we do, if we want to do that and be successful in everything we do, we better follow the instructions and not be ashamed of it either. 
God has given us instructions to be successful. Now, I want to talk about this for a second because I really truly believe this. There is a major league difference between how God sees success and how man sees success. Okay? I am not so interested in man's view of success. I am totally interested in God's view of success. To be God's success, you have to follow the instructions. If you do not, you may get man's success, but you'll never have God's success. This is very clear here. God is being extremely clear to what he is telling Joshua to do. You remember earlier I talked about that defeat? Remember that? You remember that story in Joshua? Basically, instead of destroying everything, one guy takes it and he hides it in his tent. You know why they suffered a defeat? Because they didn't follow the instructions. And let's be honest, okay, are you ready for this? I'm glad you're all seated. They're going to probably see some times where we're not going to probably follow the instructions as closely as we should. We're human beings. We're going to try as best as we can. We're going to do the very best that we can. But there may be moments where we don't follow this as closely as we ought to. And beautifully what will happen in those moments is God will bring this, this word that sounds so bad but is so beautiful. He'll bring discipline because he loves those. He disciplines those he loves. And it won't be fun and we won't like it. But at the same time, we're going to grow through it. And we're going to get better through it. And it's going to be an awesome thing. But we have to follow the instructions. There's something assuring to me about knowing that God has given us instructions. We're going to follow them the best that we can. And when we get lost and we're not sure what to do, and we're sitting there with a pile of wood and screws, and we got it all supposedly put together, and there's pieces of wood that haven't been put together yet, and there's screws, and we're like, why do, you know, why do we have all these screws left? You know, I'm always that guy that's like, oh, I'm just sure they give us extra screws, you know. And they never do that. It's because we didn't do it right. We may have to tear some things down, go back to the instructions and start again. That's okay. That's okay. But we have what we need to be successful in God's economy. And that's an awesome thing. That's what we're going to do. Next, God assures Joshua by speaking to his weakness. By speaking to his weakness. Now, i got several up here that I want to go through really, really quickly. And basically, they're all there. And, and basically, 1, 6a, 7a, 9a. And then even in Deuteronomy, we see this. It basically says this. It says, it says be strong and courageous. Be very strong, or excuse me, be strong and very courageous. Then he says, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Three times in these verses, basically, we see this idea of God saying, be strong and courageous. Even back in Deuteronomy, when Moses is still alive, in Deuteronomy 31, 7, he is addressing Joshua. Guess what Moses says? Then Moses called for Joshua, and as all Israel watched, he said to him, be strong and courageous. Now, I don't know about you, but you don't have to come to me and say, Aaron, I need you to be loud and excitable. You don't tell people you need them to do something if they're really, really good at it. Now, that doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense because this is Joshua. This is the guy that's in Jericho. This is the fighter. This is the general. This is the... Uh, and what's God telling him? Be strong and courageous. Listen, God knows our weakness. 
And God knows how to encourage us in that place. You say, well, 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 well but God, God's asked me to, to lead this or do this. And I don't do that very well. And all of a sudden, God, what does God begin to do? He begins to speak to that. He begins to strengthen that. Listen, I don't know much about weightlifting, obviously. But I had a roommate in college, and every night he would try to get me to go down to the gym and lift heavy objects for some reason that I do not understand. And every once in a while, I'd go, and he'd go, hey, Aaron. I was like, hey, Joel, what's going on? Listen, today is, is quad day. So what? You know, or today, we're working on the core, or we're going to work on our arms, or we're going to do this. And I just was like, oh, that's great. You're weird. You know, no, I'm teasing but, but we, he would go, and sometimes I would go down there with him. And he would be like, you know, and he was, he was big old. I mean, he wasn't huge, but he was a big, strong guy. And he would be lifting and all this sort of stuff. And he'd be like, man, I need to really focus in on, on my biceps. I'm like, why? He said, because they're the weakest. And I thought that was kind of counterintuitive to me. Like, we like to focus in on the stuff we're good at. You know, it's like, hey, I'm really, really good at this, so this is what I'm going to do. This is what God has called me to do. Well, what if God says, no, I'm not calling you into your strength, because in your strength, you're going to think you can do it on your own. I'm going to call you into something that you can't do without me. And that builds basically this understanding that God has got us, and that God is going to help us, and that we can't do it without him. Let me be honest with you as best I can be. Over the last couple of months... I have dealt with this fear and this thought and this thing running through my mind. God, there is no way I can do this without you. There is no earthly way. I don't, I'm not smart enough. I don't speak well enough. I'm not charismatic enough. I, I, don't, I don't know the Bible well enough. I mean, just, just boom, 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 boom. But God loves to speak to our weakness. God loves to say, hey, I know that you're timid. I know that you're not always strong and courageous, but you know what? With my help, you're going to be strong and you're going to be courageous. And I love at the very end of that, he basically goes as far as to say this, my command is to be strong and courageous. My command. Just in case Joshua didn't get it from Moses, just in case he didn't get it from God saying it the two times, the third time he says, just so you know, so we're clear, my command is be strong and courageous. And then later on in this chapter, guess what Joshua does? He goes to the children of Israel, he goes to the leaders of the tribes, and basically guess what he says? Be strong and courageous. Folks, listen, there are going to be times that we're going to deal with some stuff in this church, and it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to be fun, and it's going to be hard. And in those moments, God's going to show up to us and say, I have called you to be strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. But, but, but Aaron, I, I don't know how to do that. Be strong and courageous. But, but, but I may fail. Be strong and and courageous. But God, God, God doesn't know what he's talking about when he asks me to do this. It's like, you know, yeah, first of all, yes, he does. And number two, be strong and courageous. It's not a mistake that the last song we sang today was about fear. And how as a child of God, we get to push fear out. 
listen, I know we all deal with fear, and so hear my heart on this. Fear has no place in the heart of a child of God. No place. If it's there, it needs to get out. You say, but Aaron, you don't know what the doctor said. You're right, I don't. God does. His love is perfect. His plan is perfect. And it can drive it out. And you don't have to have fear. You can have the peace of God because that's how God created you to be and what God created you to have. Sometimes what we have to do is we have to take a step back and we have to think about what God intended in the garden and what became corrupted because of sin. And you know what? Fear came because of sin. And if we want to get back and be restored back to the place that God wants us to be, one of the things that we're going to get, get to do is get rid of that fear. One of the things I am so looking forward to when we get into the new earth and the new heaven is the fact that we are going to have absolutely no fear. No fear of people, no fear of animals, no fear of stuff, no fear of nothing. I do not like snakes. I can handle it. I'm better than I used to be. But snakes, when you're riding a bike, can come at you real quick. And some of them don't have gentle things in their fans, okay? When I got here, you all scared me half to death. Oh, you're a mountain biker. Oh, that's great. You know there are rattlesnakes all over the place. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, yes. I mean, I'm hearing stuff like, you know, you know there's like this many people in, in Broomfield. Oh, really? Yes. And there's 10 million rattlesnakes. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. I'm on rides, and I'm literally like, I'm going along, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to crash. I'm going to get a concussion or something like that. I'm, like, I'm going to come in once I'm in a broken arm. They're going, Aaron, what happened? I said, I was watching for rattlesnakes. Was there one? Absolutely not. But I was watching for them. I didn't see the rock. I don't like them. You know what's going to be so beautiful? Listen, and if you said, hey, listen. We, we're we're going to do something really weird. You know, this, and this is kind of weird to me. But we're going to have a, a, somebody come from the zoo on Sunday. And they're going to bring snakes. I'm going to be, that's awesome. I will be gone that Sunday. You say, you want to hold a snake? Why? That's crazy talk. I mean, just not. You know what? There will be a day, and I promise you, you will see me, and I will be holding and cuddling a rattlesnake. But it will not be on this planet in the way it stands right now. But when everything is renewed and everything's put right again, I will be. Because I don't have fear anymore. I don't have to have fear. Because God is making all things new. And God is doing that work in us and through us. And so the things that you are scared of, the things that you are afraid of, let God begin to heal that in you. Let God begin to do some work deep in you. Because that is a weakness that God wants to speak to. He wants to get it out. He wants to drive it out. Because listen, as kids of the king... We don't need to have any fear. We don't even, listen, Paul wrote about this a lot. We don't even fear death. Because we know we have a hope. Now listen, if we don't fear death, then there's nothing else we should fear as well. And that's hard, and I understand that. And there will be moments where we are scared. But in those moments, God will speak to us through his word. He'll speak through us through each other's encouragement. And it'll be a beautiful thing. And we will be strong. And we will be courageous. And it's going to be awesome. The final thing I want to talk about is God assures Joshua by giving him his presence. By giving him his presence. Joshua 1.9, the second part, it says this. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God 
is with you wherever you go. As we, as we close, I want to focus on something that's, that is not here in this scripture. That's not here. A lot of times we focus on what is. I want to focus in on what's not. Therefore, to bring out even more what is. Nowhere up there do you see a word that has three letters that is spelled B-U-T. There is no but. We do not live like this very often. We say things like this. God will be with us, but he won't if this happens. Or, or there's, there's always that but here. You've got to remember, we have the, the wonderful ability to, if today you wanted to go home and it's snowy out, and so you might have this, this ability and you might want to, you sit down and you read the entire chapter of Joshua. And you read about the children of Israel taking hold of the promised land. You know what you're going to find? You're going to find that there were moments where they messed up. There were moments they weren't perfect. There were moments where they did the wrong thing. Listen, Moses doesn't even get to bring them in because of the things, one of the things he did wrong. And let's be honest, we love this scripture, but we add our butts to it. We'll say, yes, God will go with me wherever I go as long as I, you ready for this one? As long as I stay in his will. Or as long as I am doing this, this, and this. This promise that God gives Joshua is not a promise that is, is based on his perfection. It is based on the fact that God has chosen to not leave him at any time. You go, well, yeah, well, that was Joshua. Yeah, well, you know what? God says it with us, too. I'm a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I will not lead you, leave you nor forsake you. No buts in those statements either. Listen, I think as people and as Christians, we really need to get to the place where we start removing things that we have put in Scripture that aren't really there. And we need to start understanding that God is not going to leave us. His presence will be with us. In the hard moments, in the good moments, in the medium moments, He will not leave you and he will not leave us. Will there be moments where it seems like he's a million miles away? Yes, but only because it seems that way to you. But it will not be the reality of the situation. Folks, he's going to be with us. He's going to walk with us every step of the way. Are there going to be moments where we decide to kind of go do our own thing? Yeah, probably. And in those moments, God's going to come. He's going to correct us through his word. And we're going to veer back. And then we're going to continue walking. But he's not going to leave us. There is not going to be a moment where God basically says, you know what? You've messed up too much and I'm done with you. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If the worship team would come on up, we're going to close. As I was putting this together over the last couple of weeks, I kind of do things sometimes a little bit different. And, and as I was putting this together, this, this, this last point actually came fairly early. 
in putting it together. And, and so I thought, well, maybe I could do that um, last week. And it was like, no, it didn't, it didn't seem like it fit right. And, and it ended up being a situation where um, it just flowed to the end. And as we conclude this little mini series, and, and, and as we were, as we're getting ready to move into some, some very important things. You know, I, I told the board this when we had a board meeting a week or so ago. I said there's going to be times where, where you guys are just going to have to understand that there are going to be moments where God's going to share things with me. And basically, I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching the gospel to myself. The last couple of weeks, it's been this. Now, what's so great about God is God does that, and he's like, you know, Aaron, it's also for everybody else. But, but this, these last couple of weeks, this has, been, this has been God's message to me as well as to you. Not that that doesn't happen hopefully every week, but this was a lot more. Because there's moments scared. There's moments where I'll sit in that office and I'll go, God, I, th- I think you got the wrong guy. There'll be moments where things happen. And obviously you're getting to know this, but I'm not real good at hiding stuff as far as my feelings. And you're going to leave and you're going to go, boy, Aaron was really upset or, or Aaron was really down or, or Aaron was really, really happy. And, and I'm okay with that because I told you from the beginning, you're going to know me. You're going to know my heart. And so there's been moments over the last month and two that, that, that it's been where I need reassuring. And one of the things I just keep going back to over and over and over again is this understanding that God is with us. I don't know where we're going to be in six months. I don't know where we're going to be in a week. I don't know where we're going to be in five years. I don't know. But I know God will be with us. And you know what, guys? I don't always believe this, and I don't always live it out, and I'm trying real hard to, but that is enough. That's enough. I love the stories where Jesus said, I want you to get into the boat and I'll meet you on the other side. We are going to the other side. Listen, we're going to get to the other side. We're going to cross this river and we're going to take hold of the promises that God has for us as individuals and us as a church. We are going to do that. And we're not going to do it because of me and we're not going to do it because of you and we're not going to do it because of your gifts and your talents. And all the stuff you bring to the table. We're going to do it. Because God is going to go before us. And after us. And with us. And here's what's great. He's going to use us all. In those areas. He's going to use you in areas that you. If I told you. If God told you. If God showed up and said. Listen. This is what you're going to be doing in a year. You'd laugh in God's face. God I could never do that. And he's going to do it. Because he's promised us we're going to the other side. He's promised us that there is a promised land that we are going to take hold of and we are going to grab it and we're not going to let it go. We're going to be stubborn, folks. Because it's time.
And these assurances that God had given Joshua is for us. And I want you to do me a favor. And you don't have to if you don't want to, but I think this is important for us. I want you somewhere, someplace. Some people do this, you know, like put a little sticky note on their, on their mirror. Or, or if you journal, you know, they're writing in their journal, whatever. Do me a favor. Write down, basically, there was three last week, there's four this week, these seven assurances. If you don't have the notes from last week, you can listen online or come see me. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what they are, okay? Write it down. Look at it often because we're going to need it. Listen, I don't know if you know this or not, but do you have any earthly idea the type of spiritual attack this place is under? If you don't, I'm telling you now. This place and the people that are in it are under attack. The enemy does not attack people that he does not see as a threat. We need these assurances because this is not going to be easy. This is not going to be a bed of roses. There are going to be some extremely difficult things. And we're going to need this stuff. It's going to be vital to us. It's going to be imperative to us. Write it down where you can see it. And when you start to go down that road, when it gets too hard, when it gets too difficult, let God reassure your heart. Let God come in like a flood and overwhelm you with his presence and his goodness and his grace, his love for you. When you feel like you can't take another step, run to your dad who wants to throw his arms around you and tell you, you can do this. You have what it takes with my help. There's going to be moments of great rejoicing There's going to be moments of great sorrow. But in the end, we're crossing the river and we're taking hold of the promised land. It is our destiny. Not some cheesy Star Wars nonsense either. It is our destiny to take hold of what God has laid in front of us. And we will do it. And we will be successful because of who God is. So pray with me. And then we're going to move into a a closing song. Father, we love you. And Father, thank you for always knowing what we need exactly when we need it. Father, I am so thankful that God, you don't have to wonder what my thoughts are. You know. And you don't just know today. You know them for all eternity. And God, as we looked at this passage of Scripture, as we spent the last couple weeks looking at a man who we know, we know goes on to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, to fulfill the promise that you gave Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. 
you called him. And we look at him and we see this great man. And he was. He was used by you and he led and did an amazing job. He wasn't perfect, but he did the best he could and you blessed him and they were a success. And Father, here we are at the beginning of his journey. And we basically see a very scared, timid man. And you begin to build him up. And you begin to tell him, listen, you're my man. You are the man for this. Be strong. Be courageous. Here's the instructions. Follow them and you'll be good. But regardless, I will not leave you. I will not go anywhere. You will be a success. You won't fail. I will be a part of this. And Father, with that knowledge, with that understanding, we really do, as we continue to read into Joshua, we begin to see a man that has been transformed by the word of God. And that's what we desire right now for every person in this room. Father, I pray, as I pray for myself, that every person here would begin to say the same prayer, which is this. Father, because of these assurances, because of you being with us, because of all that you're going to do with us and through us, change me. Let there be a difference in my life. Don't let me just be a hearer of your word. Let me actually be a doer. Father, I pray for life change right now. I pray that through your spirit, you would literally come and rearrange hearts and rearrange minds and rearrange priorities. Father, change us from the timid, afraid Joshua's into the Joshua that is strong and courageous and marches across the river and does amazing things. Because God, there are promises that are waiting for us across the river. And I am tired of us being afraid and being scared because we're complacent on this side to not say enough with enough of that. It is time and we are going to grab hold of the promises of God. And so change us, God. Change us. Make us new again. You're so good. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.